Hello, this is Angelique, and you're listening to We're Booked Up, a segment of the Gaston Speaks podcast, wherein Kendall, Andrew, and I talk books. Today we're talking about Let It Snow, a holiday romance from British author Beth Moran. There will be spoilers for the book in the podcast, so if you would like to avoid that, please come back after you read the book and be sure to tell us what you think. Now, what have we been reading or watching, Andrew? Well, um, over Thanksgiving, I went to a movie theater. Remember those that we used to go to? <laughs> By the way, I reminded myself of why I like to go to the movies. It is fun. It is, it's something I hope never disappears. But um, I took my family and some friends of my th- parents. I was the youngest person there by like 25 <laughs> years. That's okay. Um, and we saw Steven Spielberg's new film, The Fablemans. Um, with uh, it's got Michelle Williams and Paul Dano, and it's got this really great, two really great um, cameos from uh, Judd Hirsch, the great Judd Hirsch, and uh, David Lynch, the great director. He did like Mulholland Drive, and it's great though. He played it's funny, like his little. His this is like both these have like five minute scenes, but they're really really good. But it's basically about um, it's kind of Spielberg's version of his kind of formative teenage years um, and surrounding kind of his parents' divorce, but also his, like, starting making movies when he was young. It was fantastic. It was so well done. I really, really liked it. And then I have been I've been reading this, um, and I finished it, like, you know, 11 o'clock last night, so. <laughs> and I'm an old person. I go to bed at 9, so this is this was... This was a lot. Okay. Uh, now, I'm trying to think what else did we – I read for book club. What was our November book? I don't even remember. That's how bad – oh, it's called Redhead on the si- by the Side of the Road by Ann Tyler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I know she's like a Pulitzer Prize winner, and people like adore her. I, I, I did not like it. What I loved about it, it was like 175 pages. <laughs> I love it. You're a librarian. You're like the shorter the book, the better. The better. The shorter the book, the better. This was a lot. This was a lot of pages. Okay. And then on TV, I'm trying to think. What have I been watching on TV? Not much. Oh, I finally, I I had been like keeping up, but I finally started and then binge watched the last couple uh, weeks um, the new season of Abbott Elementary, which I loved. We, as anyone who follows our indie podcast, know I loved it. Um, And season two is just as fantastic. It was really, really good. So now I'm sad because they're on their like holiday break and. They won't be back for a while. So, what about you guys? What you're reading, watching? I actually listened to a book because mm-hmm. um, I took Angelique's advice. On, I don't know when you gave me this advice. It's been a while now. Uh, I found the author, not author, narrator of the Hate You Give is her name is Bonnie Bonnie Turpin, and so I looked up audiobooks in Overdrive by her, and I came across uh, the very first one that came through was. Um, the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. Oh, yeah, yeah. Five stars. I thought it was great. Awesome. I thought it was fantastic. It was like um, Leanne Moriarty vibes, but also kind of Steel Magnolias. And then there's a little bit of gore in there. But then there's also all these like wonderful metaphors that happen in the horror genre about racism, sexism. But it's all just very I say that, and then I follow it up by, but but it's entertaining. (laughs) (laughs) Entertainment is important. (laughs) And I just really liked it. I really liked it. That's awesome. Um, So I did read something, and then um, what, 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 what did I watch? I'm in the middle of Andor. It's very good, but very dark. Um, And I, no, there's something else. Oh, uh, on Netflix, I watched Good Fortune, the Good Fortune Feemster, Fortune <gasps> Feemster yes. stand-up comedy special. It was very funny. So good. For those of you who don't know, Fortune Feemster is a, a was born right here in Gaston County, Belmont, South Point High School. Um, yeah. And her mom, Ginger, if she listens to this podcast, is an incredible 
a library patron and one of our favorites. And yes, yeah, she has a new Netflix special, which just got nominated for a Critics' Choice Award this week. I saw that. Um, for comedy special. So I was really excited for her about that. That's a big, big one. And the last time she was nominated, her first special was nominated, but it was during uh, COVID. So she was like in her house. So mm-hmm. she actually gets to go to the Critics' Choice Awards and be in the room with all those people. So I'm, I'm hoping she gets... Um, All those people get to go and be in the room with that's her. True, that's true. That's <laughs> true. Let's Jax, get that that's... straight. Also, she apparently did like a action movie with like Arnold Schwarzenegger or something. I am so excited. It's on Netflix. So good is for it, you, Fortune. Huh? Can you Like, is it out now? I don't think it's out yet. No, okay. no. Actually, it's funny. So a couple of weeks ago, she was it, not maybe a couple of months ago. She was back in Belmont because her mom still lives here, and she actually needed um, a place to go. So she went to our Belmont branch and like hung out and used the Wi-Fi and worked on stuff. Aww. So we can say maybe like one of her jokes, you know, were because we're while she was here at home and and writing jokes. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, I I enjoyed watching her first special with Marcus, who grew up in Gaston County, because mm-hmm. he was like, I know that Hooters. Yeah. I know that Chili's. <laughs> that is the truth. She speaks the truth. And I just think it's I funny. I will say every time, um, every time I'm like, pissed off at something i go i swear to god damn <laughs> and then i was like if you want to she actually sells shirts that say i swear to god damn it's really funny so uh we we love you fortune congrats on your successes and jacks by the way she's really cool too if you ever met her i have not i, mean, I met her at a comedy sh- i mean i met her like when she was selling after one of the times she's at the comedy zone and she's really cool so and that dog is adorable biggie yeah okay I'll but he's small is he I think that was the like joke. joke. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. I'm smart. (laughs) Angelique, what have you been watching or reading? Um, a lot of YouTube. Uh, I haven't. So I went to the beach last week, right? Oh yeah. And I brought four books with me. Mm -hmm. I didn't read any of them. And then I bought another book at a little like used bookstore that was down there. Didn't read that one. So. I haven't been doing a lot. You're turning out as bad as I am. I know. I read this book. Oh, you know what I found out while I was at the beach? I was talking to my mom about names or something. And so apparently in the 80s, there was this television show called the Dark called Dark Shadows. Mm-hmm. And there yeah. was this character named Angelique, who I'm named after, <gasps> apparently, or named for in some way. The thing is, though, she's the villain. So I was named after the villain. Oh, my gosh. She's explained so much. supernatural <laughs> <laughs> drama. Sorry. So... I was named for the villain in a supernatural drama. Well, uh, my sister probably, I think, listens to this, and she probably won't want to hear it, but Mom has sort of admitted that she, her, her name's Lauren, and uh, she did sort of admit that while she was pregnant with her, watching Lauren Baldwin on The Young and the Restless. <laughs> the great Tracy Bregman, if Tracy, oh, she probably doesn't listen to this, but anyway, and uh, she's like, I really liked her character, you know, and so she said, I always liked the name Lauren. Like, that wasn't the real reason, she said, but it's just kind of, it was interesting. But That's funny. I think she just doesn't want to admit that she named her after a soap opera character. I was named for somebody they saw on TV named Kendall. Yeah. And I have named every single one of my children inspired by TV shows That's and right. movies. That's right. That's right. But at least you're not the, you know, the dark villain over here. I mean, that, your mom just made you. It was my dad. Your dad. Oh, your dad. It was my dad. Oh, this just adds that. a beautiful depth to you. Everything makes sense. Like, I thought you it was are... the French thing. You know, but, uh... No, my dad's not even a bit French. Whatever your mom is, so not yeah. Julie is a French name. So and that it kinda... worked well. Yeah. Like, your name flows is beautifully French. Yes. I mean, not the Roberts part. I'm assuming that is not French. No. Robert. Pretty sure it's Scottish. <laughs> Ace Robert. 
was 14 minutes in. We should uh, talk about the book. Okay, sorry, <laughs> okay. sorry. Okay. All right, are we ready? Yeah. yeah. All right, I'm going to read. <laughs> All right, so here we go. After the end of a relationship, local weather girl B. Armstrong has been avoiding her family. But with Christmas... <laughs> With Christmas approaching. <laughs> okay, okay. But with Christmas, <laughs> but with Christmas approaching, she is heading home to Cheris House, the school in Sherwood Forest that her parents run. And to top it all, the insufferable Henry Fairfax, who her folks have always wanted her to marry, has also been invited. Relief comes in the shape of an interview for her dream job. There are just a few problems. The interview is in Scotland. B has no car, and it's snowing. The only solution is for Henry to drive her. During an, unforgettable, during an unforgettable two days, a stay in a log cabin, and a nightmare journey, Henry turns out to be nothing like she thought. All right. What do we think of that? That was accurate. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that is what the book is about. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So what are our ratings? You go first. 3.75. <gasps> That's my rating. Really? Yes. It would have been higher. Okay, I feel we'll discuss this probably as we go on, but I feel like the first half of the book for me was four stars. It was good, solid. Yeah. And then there yeah. was a like the last hundred pages. Mm. Yeah, so that I was agree. what it, it kind of dudded out. Yes, that's yeah. a great way it did. It fizzled. Yeah, it was a firework that just didn't pop. Yeah. I was gonna say between three and four. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things oh, we'll get into that, but yeah, I would say between three and four. You're right. I. I like the, it was kind of loony at one point. Yeah. It was kind of kooky, but I I did love the setup. And then and and maybe it's, I'm glad you said that because I also thought it was like, well, I was kind of reading it last night late, you know. And mm-hmm. I'm like, did I miss something? Was it just because I was tired of it? But no, you're right. It did. It. it eh. We'll get there. Yeah, three between three to four. I'm not gonna say three point seven five because I don't want to like. That's like so specific. Yeah. <laughs> God. I, I want to be like a joiner. You know what I'm saying? Do <laughs> it. Be my own person. Three point five. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, first question: What was your first impression of B. Armstrong? I thought that she reminded me of the character from Me Before You, that by JoJo Moyes, and I realized that neither of you have probably read that book. I saw the movie. Okay, so yeah, Clark. Yeah, that kind of like yeah. quirky. Like she talks yeah. about her tights, and that was something like specifically tights were a thing for that other character as well and she, they had their own sense of fashion you know they were like lovable and quirky but also like i don't know the the way their lovable quirkiness was viewed by the family was almost like a, a flaw so. yeah i will say um i was a little worried after reading um <clears throat> the last one when <laughs> she started off about how like she was still kind of struggling because she had lost this guy that she'd been with for 11 years i thought oh are we gonna go down like she's gonna be like uh what was that girl what was that horrible girl's name fallon fallon yeah <laughs> fallon. and I, maybe it's just because i was like jaded but then i realized i was like no the way that they described it was a very human response that like, mm-hmm. she had been in a relationship for a long time she was really working hard to get into basically a different routine mm-hmm. and it sounded i mean they had been dating since they were like kids mm-hmm. yeah. so this is you know this was brand new to her as an adult and it turns out later on with the sabotaging and stuff some of it was not her mm-hmm. you know and so I, I at first I was like oh gosh she's gonna be one of those you know I can't live without a man but she wasn't she turned out not to be that yeah I liked her she was cool yeah. mm-hmm. she, was she was she was just a likable character she was good-hearted she was nice yeah, yeah. so she was just a character she was just, <laughs> she was just a character you like I liked her yeah, yeah. but she wasn't 
dull. She wasn't dull. I also like that, it, particularly in respects to Henry, she was a little bit dislikable. Because yeah. as you're reading, it's like, he has done nothing actually wrong. No. And mm-hmm. she's like, oh, I hate him. Oh, I hate him. And you're like, why? So he's a little you weird. Can, you can kind of understand why, because her parents have been pushing her at him yeah. her entire life. But, but still, yeah. But I love but how that's still yeah. not Henry. It's the yeah, sorry, yeah. I cut you no, off. No, 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 no. I, I will say I look and the way that they they played that was every time she starts to realize like a flashback happens, she starts to realize how much he has loved her for all these mm-hmm. years. It's always, and I realized I'm a horrible person. So yeah. it was that recognition that no, I realized I'm in love with Henry. That took a long time to get there. It was the recognition that she had no reason to feel the way that she did. Yeah. yeah. So they did make her unlikable, but they also made the self discovery about. First, I have to realize that I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Then I can realize that maybe this is what I want. The author, so I thought that was well done. Yeah, I, I agree. The author allowed for that process. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that is missing in so many books and Typically movies that we books. watch. Yeah. It's, like, it's like there's a slight switch. And it's like, oh, yes, I do love you. And in her, it was like, oh, you're not a horrible person, like you're saying. Oh, you're, oh, you're kind of you're kind yeah. of attractive. Yeah. Like. Oh, but, you know, you can go back to wearing your goofy pants and your hair and your glasses, and I still find you attractive. That's that's new. Yeah. So that was refreshing. Yes. I will say that, and we'll get to that, but the one thing that bothered me about her was b- – bothered me? Bothered me about her was that – Was it Quithman? <laughs> <laughs> Tell us, Angelou, what bothered you? God. What is wrong with us today? We're just oh, – I'm just kidding. But um, was that she kept saying, well, I just don't know if he still likes me. I'm like, girl. There's – of course. Girl. <laughs> that was the one thing that bothered me because it was just another plot device with mm-hmm. the Adam stuff. And that's fine. I get where they were going with it. But it was like, you are a very intelligent, educated woman. You also are down to earth. Like, you're not like one of those, I'm an obtuse clientologist or whatever. Client- mm. Clientologist is not a word. <laughs> Climatologist or whatever they uh, – Meteorologist. <laughs> is a thing, right? Yes. I don't know. Sure. Anyway, you're like a sciencey person. <laughs> like, you're not stupid, but you're also not like so, uh, like, because Henry could kind of be seen as obtuse. Mm-hmm. You're not, so you knew he liked you. You just yeah. didn't want to believe it. Yeah, but it, that also makes sense based on her upbringing. She had a real serious uh, complex about not feeling... Like different. she could fit in. Yeah. 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 So she, Henry would make her more different. So yeah. it makes sense to me why she wouldn't like him as a kid. And it also makes sense to me that it would be hard for her to realize because there's, you know, what was his name? Adam. 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 What am I trying to say? Adam. It's Adam Driver. <laughs> I'm hearing it for the first time because Henry was called Driver by that guy. <laughs> and Adam. And now we was, know who we're going to cast. In the I movie. actually <laughs> thought about it. I have a different person I'm going to cast, but right. I did think about Adam Driver, and he would work. I'm I'm coming back to what was I talking about? I was talking about Adam. Oh, he was this guy that like swooped in and like actually paid attention to her and she thought he was just so romantic and beautiful and this musician and no one like he was like giving her all that attention that we find so gross in other books yeah but she grew out of it yeah. I was like, yeah, that was yeah, really yeah. nice it was really nice mm-hmm. okay next question yes, next, yes, next question. um so it kind of carries on from the first one did the characters seem believable to you did they remind you of anyone another character anything like that in another so, book so I will say this and I apologize in advance to Anjali so because Kindle and I m- might have to be edited out so um, <laughs> I won't go on a rant we won't I promise no but um, so even though we never met Adam until later on in the book I feel like we knew him mm-hmm. so any people who are Gilmore Girls fans the last time that Christopher came back and like disrupted Luke and Lorelai mm-hmm. I was just so annoyed 
Like, Amy Sherman Palladino had already left. Mm-hmm. The show was not good anymore. And it was just like, oh, come on. Like, it was one of those plot devices. Something about that. And it, it wasn't. It, you knew it was going to happen. You knew it needed to happen for her to grow. And I think mm-hmm. she did a good job of getting the characters to that. But all I could think of was Christopher from Gilmore Girls. And I'm like, I, it just bothered the hump out of me. And I don't know why. Because I felt like she had already worked through. It seemed like up until that point she had worked through a lot of the why she didn't want to go back to Adam. But for me, that was really realistic because oh, it was. she was annoying. also talking about how he was everything she dreamed of as a kid, like all of her fantasies fulfilled. And now he's actually like saying, I'm going to be here for you. I'm giving up my music for you. I'm going to show up. I'm going to I'm here at the hospital for you. I'm yeah. doing all the big grand gestures. And she so like I feel like it could it, this book could have been written in such a way where Adam would have been the like love interest in the end and, right like, she could have gone that way so i don't know i really he was annoying and i think it was on purpose and yeah, they did a yeah. really good job oh, they did they did but that's what it felt yeah. like was that moment where it was like oh come on just let him get to get you know like because yeah. it was a long book i will say mm-hmm. it was a very long book and there was a lot there were a lot of subplots and things going on we'll talk about one that was just completely unnecessary yeah in yeah. my opinion but um for some reason that it just i was just it just, I, I just wanted it to be over. I don't know yeah. how to describe that. I just Same. wanted it to be over. But I think that maybe that was the point. I mean, I get that that was the point. You needed that conflict. She needed to see, she needed to get over that before mm-hmm. she could move on to Henry. And I totally understand that. And that, like I said, it's a very human reaction. Especially when, like, Henry at the end was like, I'm not, okay, you want to date. I get that. But what happens when Adam shows back up in six months? Because yeah. you've been doing this for 11 years. Right. And so I was like, good for you, Henry, for like sticking to your guns and being like, I do want this. I want this very really. Like, right. really? <laughs> I really want this. I want this in very a very much. real way. Yeah. Well, I want this in a concrete right. way, but yeah. I'm not going to do this half cocked. I couldn't think of a, I was going to try to say half arsed. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a like British book. One. It's a British book. Um, I will say that. Yeah, I liked that moment for him because then, because in the flashbacks, you realize he's been do- this. Adam has been doing this to him, like the concert tickets mm-hmm. since they were like kids. Yeah, the concert. Oh, that was that was cool. And then like, that was one of those moments where she was like, "Oh, I'm a horrible, yep. horrible person." You were. Well, your behavior was horrible, but yeah, you, you were also horrible. It was believable though. Yeah. What did you think, Angelique? I mean, I didn't. They didn't. The characters didn't really remind. None of them really reminded me of anyone. But I felt they were like believable and relatable. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, the f- the characters were like my favorite part of the book anyway. Because even with the most minor of characters, Moran managed to make them seem real, mm-hmm. gave them some depth. So, yeah, that's basically. None of them were solely good. None of them were solely yeah. bad. They were yeah. real people. Yeah, and I appreciated that. I'm a character person too. Yeah. All right, so did the book's pace seem too fast, too slow, just right? It was good for me until she got back from the interview and Adam showed up. I was okay with that, but then it the pace just petered off. Yeah. I, I And I think it had to do with a lot that they started to explore too many. She started to explore too many subplots. Mm-hmm. I think in retrospect, it was to give opportunities for Henry and um, B. B to be smushed together more. Yeah. The subplot I'm thinking of specifically is 
the uh, paternity of her oh, father. God. I was like, yes. she could cut that whole bit completely out and leave everything else. The book would have been like 50 pages shorter mm-hmm. and it would have been much better. Much yeah. cleaner. Also, she did so well with the setup of Henry mm-hmm. and B, And that whole journey I thought was so well done. And I thought that you didn't need more Mm-mm. opportunities. That was your opportunity. He was already living at the house. Yeah. Like, you notice, like in the blurb, they don't talk about the rest of that book. They talk about those that main first, you know, two hundred pages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that worked. Yeah, I agree with you. It's like then you go straight to Nana Joy happens, Adam happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the the paternity. Because I thought, okay, this is me. I thought maybe the Baxter guy would end up yeah. being the dad or something. In some okay. weird twist. Yeah, because that would because. Because otherwise, I will say for him, it's like, yeah, it, he was a great plot device for this quirky, funny, you Eccentric know. Yeah, exactly. And it gave them the opportunity to kind of bond and all that kind of stuff over the absurdity of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agree. Which I think matches her thinking that this Henry thing was absurd. Oh, you know, that kind of worked. lovely. But I thought, but then other than that, he was kind of, it was like, that's it. That's the whole character. And they they do bring him in at the end. And, and I wish they didn't. I wish they didn't. <laughs> I figured okay, so I I don't. They brought him in so that he could go and raise enough money for the house to right. be like because five hundred thousand yeah, yeah. dollars is a lot, yeah. and even with the community pulling together, it's we're at twenty five thousand. That's still a drop in a bucket to half right. a million in dollars. But I was like, they could have left Baxter wherever he in Scotland. Yeah, no need to take a helicopter trip in. Yeah. It just could have been like an anonymous check. I like, feel like the the funny, quirky assistant with all the children. Yeah. I liked yeah. her. Yeah. I liked her too. Yeah. And I liked the kids. I liked all of that and how it was done. I love that the baby was on her back when they introduced her. I was <laughs> yeah. like, I relate so hard to that right now. The child labor jokes. It was like, yes! we're gonna get pizza. Like that's funny. It was it worked. It, it was, was funny. Fun. Yeah. So I feel like she could have very easily been like, Oh, Baxter saw your thing. He just even if you're not going to come work for him, he's so charmed by you. Keep keep our name in your book for the future. Here's the check for the house. Right. Yeah. Or he could have been her the dad. Yeah. And it was like that, that would have been how though. I guess he was old. Yeah. He was was old. he Nana Joy? Well, she was a younger man. Though. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like either of those endings would have felt more. It was just like it almost is like she forgot about Baxter mm-hmm. once they left, which is okay. You could also forget about Baxter. He, yeah, yeah. It, he was the quirky plot thing device. That, that, right. It was fine. He could, and, yeah. and it also the eccentricity made her realize what she that she she liked yeah. her where she was. Yeah. She didn't mm-hmm. want to be in the crazy and and the 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 you know dog eat dog world or whatever. Yeah, that's all okay. That all worked. Yeah, it did feel again. It was just like. I don't know. I, I didn't like that. And it's not because Baxter was, I mean, it was a funny little moment. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, whatever. You know, and, and mm-hmm. because $500,000 means nothing to him or what. But even then, they had to explain it. Mm-hmm. Remember, Henry was like, well, a man like Baxter is not just going to take a check in front of all these people. It's like, mm-hmm. if you have to explain it, then it didn't work. It wasn't yeah. necessary. Yeah. yeah. There was an easier, simpler way to get that done. But yeah, because yeah. when, it, when it turned out that the father was dead, yeah. it was like, that's it. And he was a, he was a butthole. That, that's that's literally the plot hole. That I'm like, that was like like you said, fifty pages for nothing. Like it, yes. If he had been like somehow tied back in, so that maybe he was maybe he was involved in the TV stations and was able to promote her story or something like that. If that had been the father like character, but nope, he was just a no good journalist. Yeah, dad, it was so unnecessary. Yeah, and it ended with nothing. I mean, her dad was upset. Oh but God. then, but then everything was okay. Like within yeah. ten pages, all of a sudden everything was forgiven, yeah. and that was the plot device. And Nana Joy was home, so there there wasn't even like a 
a gro- character growth necessarily no. mm-hmm. that came out of that that made it made it even worthwhile. Right. What was your question <laughs> about the pacing? Oh yeah, so it was a little all over the place. They just needed; she just needed to cut that one. Yeah, yeah. there's just a little too much going on sometimes. Mm-hmm. All right, um, so which character or moment prompted the strongest emotional reaction for you? Why? Okay, or why this is the one I actually took a note oh, on for the oh, first go, 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 time go, go. in like twelve episodes. So as you know, I love Christmas, and mm-hmm. um, but it gets harder because there's a lot less people. Than yeah. there used to be. But I like this line. I love Dana Joy, by the way. Me too. I she think you're going to read my line that I... Oh, no. Okay. Let's find um, out. No. Uh, so, something about, you know, it's my swan song. Did you mm-hmm. know? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I nodded, trying to wrestle back the smile and failing miserably. Oh, don't fret. It's all right to be sad. She gave me a wry look. I was one of the best. But everything has its time, and boy, did I make the most of mine. And um, I lost it. So, um, yeah. because that too. was that like, was my grandmother. Cried, yeah. Um, and that's why I tell people it is a sad season, but it's okay. To, and Nana Joy said, it's okay to be sad. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be sad, but it doesn't mean you still can't remember them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I lost. I, I, was a, I was, it was bad. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> looking at my Christmas tree with most of all my grandmother's decorations that I inherited, you know, on there and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, dang you, Beth Marie. I mean, I'm a blubbering baby. So um, that was my favorite moment. And um it, it and I loved Nana Joy, so so that was that was cool. I'm sorry, I didn't know. No, I'm glad you did because yeah. I'm. It spoke to me that it actually spoke to me slightly differently. Okay. In that it was giving permission to move on from things in life, things yeah. that previously served you well, and that you had a great time and you put all of your all in. You're it's okay if you leave that in the past because you did it well. Yeah. I remember Nana Joy was the one who was like, you've made the decision yet, right? About Henry. Yeah. Because <laughs> she saw it, that wisdom. And as someone who now we know lived through some real pain in her romantic life. Mm-hmm. She saw it before anyone else. That, those years of wisdom, even though they thought she wasn't all there, she knew very early on that that was her right decision. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that that is a good. I like that. I like yours, too, because I, I also felt yours a little bit. Yeah. You know, it just it hit me in the feels. Yeah. It was tough. Yeah, I like that that moment too. But also, anytime B was like frustrated by her family, mm-hmm. yeah, I felt that. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. family. Her mom, the way yeah. she would come in and be supportive, but also not supportive, critical. Like, yeah, I did not like her mom, and I don't feel like they ever did enough to make, make her likable. Like <laughs> yeah. And that's okay because I also understand that mothers and daughters can. I mean, parents and kids can have difficult relationships. Mm-hmm. They did have a few moments where, like, there was one where she. Something about being proud of her. I, yeah. I remember what it was. It was like so she does. She's not like you know a, a android or whatever. So. Especially where they're she's talking about where her parents like probably don't even watch her. Like, oh yeah, her um, forecast. And mm-hmm. I was like, hmm, I'm pretty sure my parents don't even listen to this podcast. It was cheesy though, but he was like, I've watched every thing that you've ever yeah. done. I was like, oh, multiple times. Multiple times. Okay, the that. weather report. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that actually kind of showed some like humor where it's yeah. like okay he's not a robot he does like find her attractive like it's yeah. Okay. yeah yeah uh do you have another part in there Jer- i was just i i, I, I realized I was... jerry <laughs> andrew jerry is my father yeah i know That's why <laughs> i don't like, know why okay. we're um, talking about annoying parents <laughs> love you jerry he's never gonna listen to this <laughs> <laughs> we do like we love jerry yeah, i do great. yeah no one else will give me jelly with my salmon <laughs> 
I don't even. I don't even. What? You don't remember that? Oh story? yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I do. Okay. I mean, he gave us jelly with a salmon. That right. Was the story. <laughs> no, but now I'm like, but yeah. Okay. I did also like the one where he said, uh, "But this is your life, however noble and valiant." In line with the Armstrong tradition, it might be to sacrifice it for the sake of others. You don't need to do this. Just trust in the people you love. Aww. And that was good, too. That was sweet. And I think that's the kind of the point of the holidays is you, you maybe don't see these people all the time, but you do you do get together and you realize in those moments that, that this, these are your these mm-hmm. are your people. So There were a lot, I feel like, of um, beautiful little moments that she created. So, like, you're talking about these are your people. These are your people who you go and play goofy games with during the holidays. Mm-hmm. That uh, B would talk about how when she was approaching her house, they'd open the door and there'd be soft glow of light and the, uh, the dogs would rush out and mm-hmm. greet her. Mm-hmm. Like those, it made me feel like she was walking into the Weasley's house from Harry Potter. Just yeah. very loving, warm, funny, silly. They're willing to pick on each other. Like the scene at the end where Henry and uh, B are finally kissing and uh, hey Henry, your mom called, and I just said that you were kissing B in the garden. Like the their first kiss is witnessed by their whole family, who already are like teasing them about stuff. Yeah. Like that's awkward. And she's yeah. such a good auntie. Like I love the the you yeah. know with, like the kids and all mm-hmm. that stuff. She's a good sister in law. Like I yeah. love that she. I like Mia. She, she has Mia's a good cool. relationship yeah. with Mia. Yeah. Mia seems to be the because I guess she's the only non Armstrong. Yeah. She's like the one where every time Jed like. I'll talk to Mia. Like, yeah. Mia, Mia. <laughs> but it sounds like even his parents are like, like everyone's like, okay, Mia, what do we do? Because we're all crazy, but you're the you're the one who can, can sing us down. That I love is that. True to life. I have that experience with my own husband. We do it with both of our families where we have oh, to that's like funny. Okay, check. How weird is this? <laughs> like, I I need you to tell me. So that is very funny. My, my poor brother-in-law once one time was like, you and, and your sister, you get off on like, like we'll just start quoting like TV shows that we love, and we'll get it, but no one else gets it. And he's like, y'all have your own Pierce language, and I don't understand. <laughs> oh, I can't understand the Ramsey Levin yeah. uh, shorthand. Not between he and his brother, between his grandmother, mother, and the children. I don't. <laughs> Like, I got a text message yesterday that was like, Kendall, do you want these uh, size 8 swim lessons for Levi? And I'm like, Levi's, like, not a size 8. Any- like, if you're yeah. talking about Wyatt, no, size 8 is still chill. But, like, I mean, yeah. but Marcus was like, oh, she needs da 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 And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you say. And it is exactly what she meant. <laughs> Uh, you were talking about Mia and the funny little quotes. Mia said on page 290, go with your gut or your heart. Whichever one says that you should be with Henry. Listen to I that like that. One. Yeah, I like that one. And yeah. I just see her eating her ice cream being like nonchalant about it. Go with your gut. Yeah. So I appreciated I that. I Mia. Mia was good. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. The Nana Joy quote that made me cry. Mia and the little just snippets and blur like all throughout. I don't know. I actually really also liked the weird elf thing where they oh, would. That was fun. No, they would. T- fun. They they stole from Baxter <laughs> yeah, this yeah. creepy elf that was horrifying <laughs> to begin with, and then they started planting it to scare each other. Like what a cute little bit. I, that is very much so. I can see that in movies in a Christmas movie. Elf on the shelf for adults. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is exactly yeah. that. 
now I want to see this as a movie. Yeah. Minus the dad paternity line. Yeah. I also like, love yeah. the like random when they're in the cabin and there's the random like older Eastern European woman <laughs> who <laughs> calls herself Beyonce. Beyonce, yes, Beyonce. And she's like, "Is that your name?" And she's like, "Why wouldn't it be?" I like. I don't know. That was one of those subplots where it had no purpose other than to give that gave them another opportunity to bond. Yeah. yeah. But it added the quirkiness and it didn't feel forced and mm-hmm. it did end up somewhere. Yeah. But th- those char- that character Baxter worked up in. Until that last one, those little pops of character. Mm-hmm. But I yeah, agree. I don't know why. I I just I loved her. I was like, I want to kind of like like know her life and spend time with her <laughs> in the cabin with her bird. <laughs> the cabin with her bird. The bird. I forgot about her. Ivan. Bird. Yeah, Ivan. Yeah. I forgot about her yeah. bird. <laughs> I will say that so was a good moment. In every single romance, anything you always have the situation. Even back to who's the boss, you always have the situation where there's a sleeping situation and. They have to be in the same room. They have to be like snuggled up to get. It's awkward. It's uncomfortable. I will say that that the way Beth Moran actually put the characters together felt more organic because in the book, like there was the opportunity for them to sleep. Like she could have shared a room with Summer. Yeah. But she. But Henry was like, uh, "No, we'll go with that previous <laughs> option. It's fine." Or um, when it was, they were in that tiny little cabin, and it, there was another bedroom. They could have slept, but it was just so cold. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. Was, I just. Well, then it, and then back it to kind their... of echoed when they were kids too, where yeah. they just share like that shed. So. I I I thought it was really sweet. See, this is why it's all four stars in my brain. It was really that subplot that. Just and it wasn't overly it cheesy. It wasn't. Agreed. It was romantic. It felt okay. And I like the fact that at the end, it wasn't like. And then they danced at their wedding. It was like they had their first kiss, and they're like, "We're gonna see You're if gonna this work works." On it. I hope yeah. there's a sequel. Yeah, yeah. you know it, that is true. It might not work out. That's one of the things I liked about what Mia had said. Like. Okay, you need to figure out Adam separately from Henry. Yes. It's not one or the other. It's do you want to do yeah. this with Adam and get me ma- like work on getting married or go back to dating Adam? But then if you don't, you can still decide to not date Henry. Yeah. Like yeah, that was yeah. an option. Not, yeah, it's not either yeah, there or. There are other, you're clearly a successful, attractive, mm-hmm. bright person. You can find other people if neither of yeah. these are your options. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was definitely made clear. I like so, that. So that kind of brings me to my next question. What did y'all think of the love triangle? In the book, sort of Henry Adam B. Mm-hmm. So. Like I said, I will say it did bother me that she, it, it just, I guess, because it was so obvious to us that she couldn't see. It yeah. just, it just yeah. was like, okay, come on. Like, I get that you're still working on your emotions, but it was always like followed by, well, maybe Adam doesn't like, yes, he does. You know it. They both like you. Pick one. Mm-hmm. But other than that, again, it, it just reminded me of that. How many times are you going to keep doing it? And that was the deal with that Christopher thing. And mm-hmm. Gilmore Girls was like, okay, you've done this like four times, Lorelai. Let it go. But I loved how it ended with her dancing with him, Adam, excuse me, at like New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it was still sweet. It was still, she still cares. She had an 11-year relationship right. with him. That's nothing to sneeze no. at. But she really handled it very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think it needed that tension. Mm-hmm. I just hated Adam. Yeah, it's I just, just hated frustrating. Adam. Yeah. He was just so frustrating to me. But you're right, because otherwise it would have just been, they went on this quirky road trip and then they fell in love. That did add like a layer. Yeah. It added a layer. Yeah. I I like I liked the love triangle. I thought it was fine. Um I liked that Henry was always a good guy. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't his like I don't know. His like uh, character flaws weren't really character flaws. They were just him being 
human. I like that he had a robot mask that she would talk about. Yeah. Like, he was shutting down. He didn't connect. Like, I appreciated Henry a lot. And um, I, 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 towards the end, I liked Adam. I think yeah. he was genuinely trying. I think he was young and trying to make things work. He had a dream, and he wanted to reach that dream, and he's coming to the realization that maybe he won't, and he wants to be... That's hard. Yeah. Who, which would you choose, the dream that's never going to happen or the person that supported you while they were chasing their that's dreams? Tom yeah. Brady. Woo! Because <laughs> now he Snaps. has a crappy team and no wife. <laughs> he had a really hot wife, too. <laughs> I hate Tom Brady, so for me, I'm like, when, when they announce it, I'm like, good. <laughs> Every time they lose, I'm like, that's what you deserve. What you you deserve. cheated twice. I don't hear it. He cheated. Oh, in football. Yes. I was like, oh, I no, don't no, know no, about no. that. I don't think he cheated on his wife. No, but he cheated in football. I, I hate Tom Deflate. Brady. Yeah, Deflate Gate, <laughs> and then the the uh, filming, like the yeah, they, I they forgot were filming about like that. the Jets practice. Yeah, that wasn't the first time either of those things oh, happened. No. Like, he cheated. I'm sorry. Cheated. So you know what? And then you you retired on top. You you know you won but a no, Super Bowl. But no, he had to come back. You had to come back. Well, you know what? You lost everything. So. Well, so karma, did Adam. Karma. So Adam, did Adam, yep. Actually, no. I feel like they gave Adam, like, with that weird, like, that song they did for the yeah, house. Yeah, the video. Like, and, yeah. It actually gave him some traction. And I love, I love that after she danced with him and they had their moment as she was leaving, he was back on stage doing what made him feel fulfilled. Drinking. <laughs> Drinking. <laughs> that makes yeah. people feel fulfilled, Anjali. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right. At least it does sound like they didn't leave him, like, brokenhearted. Well, know, he was brokenhearted, but he wasn't, like broken down by it yeah yeah it wasn't like you're my everything i'll be crushed if you leave yeah he wasn't like oh okay sure yeah Yeah. which would have also been equally irritating because it's like why would someone stay with someone that's so dismissive like you can see why she stuck it out for 11 years right true true see i actually i don't like love triangles in books and bug me but I did like that Moran didn't make Adam, like, a villain, really. Yeah. He was just a complicated person who had his own, like, drive and motivation and dreams and stuff like that. But he wasn't necessarily a villain. Mm-hmm. So it made the the fact that she chose Henry a little bit more meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. So. The book didn't really have villains other than Summer. She was a villain. But even then, she had... The, Humanizing. B, you'd see, yeah. B would see these moments where she was scared or... Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's just a... She's just a, she's trying to make book, it. She's an ultra competitive person. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she probably has lived in a world, and we, as we all live in the world, where women can't just support each other. They have to. It has to be one or the other instead of both of them working. To, you know what I mean? Like that. Mm-hmm. That pitting women against each other often happens yeah. in real life. So that was actually believable. That she felt like she had to. She couldn't just do do a good job and work with her coworkers to make it work. She had to take down the people around her to get to mm-hmm. the top. Yeah. A lot of people are taught that that's the only way, especially in like a corporate world, which I assume this is mm-hmm. you know, very similar to BBC. Yeah. But still, I mean, it, it, it had that vibe. Oh, there is one kind of villain, her boss at the station, Mike or whatever, who's Mike just a Long. creep. Yeah. Can't yeah. remember her name, Bree. even though she's on TV every day saying her name. Yeah. And then basically it was like, <laughs> You're yeah. lost when you won't. Okay. And he's have like, he's like, he's like, sleeps with like most of the women yeah. in the station. Yeah, like, yeah like, it happens. As he offered her yeah, like yeah. the job back. By the way, you yeah. want to? No, yeah. like you're. Just, yeah. Yeah, he was gross. I bet he, he wrote a book gross. about it and then like burned her. <laughs> Probably. I'm kidding. Yep. <laughs> but I don't know. One of the things I liked about B was that she would, in the moment have a really nasty mean thought like yeah. there was times when they were competing in the wood like the woods or whatever for baxter's like thing where she could have like just left summer 
multiple times. Like, even Henry, like, who did not like Summer and was, quote, unquote, helping to sabotage Summer or whatever, (laughs) slow her down. He didn't leave her in the snow in her tiny little, like, footwear. He, like, helped her up. Like, there was a humanity to both B and Henry. That was really And her, like, annoyed but quiet reaction to that proved that she's not completely. She's not a saint. No. No, but she's also not. She also realizes, like, they did something nice. Yeah. And I can't admit it because then I, I lose that persona of mm-hmm. ultra competitor. But there is some humanity. Still in there. Deep. Yeah. Deep. Yeah. What you got? Okay. Uh, next question. If the book were made into a movie, who would you play? Who would play each of the lead characters? Okay. Oh, I got any this. Of the characters. I got this. Okay. okay. Well, now Adam Driver is going to be Adam <laughs> because that girl's whole like thing where he's kind of aloof, but then he's a really good guy. Anyway. So Adam Driver is Adam. I don't know why. But Jason Schwartzman <laughs> is Henry. No, no. I, maybe it's the Rushmore School Association. Oh. But I don't know. In a weird way, I think Jason Schwartzman's attractive. So I can see <laughs> how he could go in and out of quirky and dorky. I think it should be Jason Schwartzman. <laughs> and the glove. I, I'm vetoing that. <laughs> That's okay. The girl, at first I thought because of me before you know i was like amelia clark but mm. that that doesn't fit quite right and then it came to me this morning on the way to work cat dennings cat oh. dennings and jason schwartzman <laughs> and adam driver in the world's weirdest love triangle i i, I pictured whatever the opposite of that was i don't even necessarily i couldn't think of anyone but it wasn't they were a lot more conventionally good looking how about that than in those people you don't th- i think jason schwartzman's good looking he has his moments. Yeah, it depends on his haircut. Yeah. Which yeah. is exactly why he's perfect for Henry, because not everybody's going to find Henry <laughs> conventionally good looking unless you know him and his personality and then that whole physical. Anyway, but I think George, I mean, yeah, Jason Schwartzman. I really, I will say that I, and this is unusual for me, I struggled to, because in my mind I was picturing whoever the Hallmark star of the moment is. Yeah. But then this is a lot different than this isn't mm-hmm. a Hallmark movie. I will say this the one thing. It is set at Christmas, but it's not actually the most like Hallmark Christmassy yeah. movie. Agreed. Yeah. Or book. Because like you know how like uh what was the one we read last year where she found Santa like Santa the suit, suit. Santa yeah, and yes. it fit and and the guy died on the bench and you know all that stuff. <laughs> he, and, did not die. he did not die, but we thought he had. But it was very like Christmas centric. Whereas this one was mm-hmm. like it happens to be taking place at Christmas. Mm-hmm. It could be just like it could be the 4th of July. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, the snow, I guess it would need to be. Any family needs, holiday, yeah. But it could have been a storm instead of yeah, the snow. Yeah, it, it could have yeah, been a lot of yeah. other things. But, but then yeah, there's I the struggled. warm glow that you would miss. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't sorry, go, go quite ahead. as like sitcom quirky as you went, but I didn't go quite. So that's why I struggled. <laughs> I'm like, it can't, it doesn't need to be some like lifeless, faceless, you know, Hallmark mm-hmm. actor who has bad, you know, Botox or whatever. It, but it, it, I don't. It, I didn't go that quirky, so I don't. I don't know. I like well, my choices. I love I it. I love it. They're very. They are incredibly unique. So is this book? <laughs> so you didn't have Ish. any like names. You just don't want them to be boring. Then I also thought about I, I British actors. Like I was trying yeah. to think of like British actors, mm-hmm. and that's where I even struggled because all the ones I thought of were like older, mm-hmm. like 
I don't know. I don't know. I, I, it's not working. It's just okay, not working. Do it. Do it. Do it old. Cast it old. I'll cast it quirky. And ca- I don't know what Angelique's gonna yeah, cast yeah. it as. I'm curious. I almost thought of like Colin Firth as Henry. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, he could be romantically charming, but charming. he could be geeky. And... It's because of the Mr. Darcy. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. But then like the King's Speech, he he was very good at like the the like awkward stuff because yeah. of his. No, but this is like a Pride and Prejudice yeah, feeling it retelling. Does. Yeah. Which yeah. Me... But he's now like way. He's not. That doesn't yeah, work. He's... Yeah, it doesn't work. So okay, I, I did concur. think of Fernanda Joy. You know the Miriam, um, she played Mar- Mrs. Mar- Potts. Margulies, Margolis, Angela, Angela Lansbury. No, she no. did. Angela Potts. No, 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 Mrs. Potts. Not Mrs. Potts. Oh, not Mrs. Potts. No. Okay, the um, when in Harry Potter. Harry Potter, the uh, the lady who was the professor. Oh. But she's really, really funny. She's always on Graham Norton's show telling really inappropriate jokes. Yeah, the herbology teacher. Yes. I, the, yeah, I, was I, I don't like know her real name. in pots. I think is where <laughs> I was going with that. <laughs> I was like. Okay, I'm, look, I'm looking this up. No, okay, exactly she just actually released about. a book about her memoir. But every, every once in a while, they'll show like these hilarious. She's on Graham Norton all the time. Yeah. And they're just dirty and funny and hilarious. And you know how like Nana Joy was kind of like yeah. quirky? I don't know why I picture her. Okay, okay. I'll go ahead and tell go, you mine. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So for B, for some reason, I thought of Daisy Ridley. Yeah, she's cute. Yeah, yeah I, I think like she it. could do it. And then, because basically I was just like looking up British actors. Mm-hmm. And then Asa Butterfield. Do you know who that is? <laughs> no, but that's all interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's yeah. on Netflix's Sex Education with yeah, Julian yeah, yeah, Anderson. Because yeah. I, I love Julian Anderson. Oh, I watched that show. Who yeah. is he on that show? He's like the main. The main kid. The oh. main kid. Yeah. But now he's like. He's like yeah. in his twenties yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we should do Neville Longbottom. Then. <laughs> the actor that plays Neville Longbottom oh, no, should be Henry. Like, no, That's ne- the point. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Because he could have been like. Because as a child, he was like has that ick factor, but now he's a smoke show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Asa Butterfield for Henry. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. I couldn't think of anybody for Adam, but Adam so, Driver. Yeah, fine. Daisy Ridley, Asa Butterfield, and Adam Driver. <laughs> This is the weirdest movie. <laughs> that's that's her. Yes, one hundred percent. Her you name is t- Miriam Margulies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she has a she has a new book coming out about her life, and I bet it's really funny. I want to listen to the audiobook Aww. of it. Um, I can see her like just like breaking out in song, yeah. like Nana Joy. I liked Nana Joy. I yeah. loved her. Yeah, she's great. But I was trying to think about like who would be. I thought of Christopher Lloyd, and I don't know why for the crazy billionaire, just because you need oh, someone yeah, who's kind of yeah. zany. Yeah. But then I was like, who's a British zany? Oh, Bill Nighy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, like he's like he can be kind of kooky and funny. I love this. There was a movie called Pirate Radio. I don't know if y'all ever saw that. It had Philip Seymour Hoffman. It kind of came and went. It went, but I loved it. And uh, he was kind of that kooky British rock star kind of. But but it would work for that role. Hmm. Do y'all remember the um old lady from um The Wedding Singer? <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. I thought of her. Yeah. 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 Thought of her. I like it. Tiny, but like a big personality. Yes. Yeah. I think that's probably, that's how I envision, especially after she fell and she was so feeble, I was yeah. thinking someone really tiny as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, then this, that would not work. For okay. No, but <laughs> we could make it work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, last question. Mm-hmm. What Christmas song would you sing at your family's Christmas oh, Spectacular? That's a great question and a horrible <laughs> question as well. Depends on, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. At my Christmas family's spectacular, I'm just gonna go with "All I Want for Christmas" just because it's like the like happiest, joyous, makes you want to dance song. "All I Want for Christmas" is Eva Carey. That's a good one. Plus, also "Love Actually" and like when they kiss, that could be playing in the background. <laughs> Remember, I, she sings it. But anyway, I'm sorry. I was gonna go that one, but I think I can't hit Mariah's notes, even pretending. 
Like she can't anymore either, so don't feel bad. But she has anyway. <laughs> Not the point. I think I would probably do Fairy Tale in New York by the Pogues. Okay. 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 I like it. Of New York in New York, I can't remember. If you want a sad one, like when like Nanjoy's in the hospital, you need uh um I just completely uh have yourself a merry little Christmas. Yeah. But my favorite version is actually James Taylor's version. Aww. It's a very good version, but it also um the Eagles one that's in Home Alone. It's like one of my favorite Christmas songs that I can't think of right now. Bells will be ringing. Oh yeah. What yeah. is that called? I, I don't know, but I know what you're talking about. Also, sorry, audience. That, just <laughs> that would be one. At that least I, it is. I put, would put on the soundtrack to this book. At least it isn't. So we should. Our holiday movie this year was uh, Last Christmas with Amelia Clark. Mm-hmm. See, that's the one I was thinking of because year round I have that first line in my head constantly. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, but in that one, so spoiler alert, but in that one, like, turns out like yeah. he's dead because she yeah. gave called that, a, and like they keep playing the song Last Christmas I gave you my heart. It's like literally <laughs> heart transplant. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so it's really tacky. I'm so daft. <laughs> How did I not catch okay. that? Okay, but that last Christmas would only be if I had to I sing. If I could, so like, much. just hum, I would just do, like, Little Drummer Boy so I can do, like, the perump. <laughs> I love you so much. Oh, that's a great. I Please, and just in the background for the next week, just be like, like, at the desk, in your office. Like, Bill's going to think you're, like, going insane. The best part is someone comes in and is like, boom. Like someone comes in as the bass behind you. Like, yes. Make that a bit. Make that a bit. Find someone else to participate. And it'll be like a flash mob. Little Drummer Boy. Oh my gosh. The recording I had growing up of Little Drummer Boy started out with from the, it was the recording from the movie. So the first line is, go to him. <laughs> so anytime I think of Little Drummer Boy, I'm like, I'm going. Let's go. Well, I will say every time I think of Carol the Bells, I think of Family Guy. Ding, fries are done. Ding, fries are done. <laughs> Which is not in a Christmas episode, by the way. It's just in a random episode. He, like, it's in Burger King. Like, that's what, anyway. So, so you I think of the Joe so Boy, much. I think of Peter singing at Burger King. So. Yeah. Okay. You have something else you want? Oh, am I like, um, Miss Lewinsky, who phoned the station daily, she reminded me of a certain patron we have who phones our particularly... Yeah, our phones almost. Daily. I did love her relationship with the people. Ah, uh, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. I like that she was like, "Oh my gosh, she's not picking up the Something's phone." Something's wrong. Yeah, and she drove forty minutes. And Henry helped her like right. feel good. Like if that's your instinct, let's do it. I'm right. here for you. I'll support it. Yeah. So she, it just made me think about our patrons who call and yeah. we have a relationship with, and then that made me miss my patrons. Yeah. Oh gosh, I miss you guys. <laughs> um, cute tights. <laughs> she's reading her notes she's not like just <laughs> complimenting Andrew or anything yeah oh. I'm not wearing tights okay so I was sake of society. I mentioned earlier that this is like a Pride and Prejudice retelling mm-hmm. and we know how I feel about those Edwardian Victorian what are they called the Regency books? Regency the Regency era books and how it's just not my jam but now I'm kind of thinking I need to read Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice because things that I love keep getting compared to Pride and Prejudice so have you seen the like fan theory that uh Parks and Rec, once um, Adam Scott's character is introduced, is just Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> well, I, it, 
I mean, because it's the dislikable. Yeah, it kind of works. Enemies to lovers, which I'm over, but this one didn't feel like enemies. It was just like a, I don't know. But that's the trope that was in this vibe, anyway. Now I'm thinking. I will say we read a lot of romances. Up. This is easily. Yeah. The most likable, the least, there, there were no offensive. Yeah. There weren't horrible stereotypes of women. There weren't, like, it. it it's definitely the best we've read. Because even though, like, the sand suit was cute, there were some moments where it was like, oh, like you know. It was better than, like, November 9 or the Duke, you know, bringing down the Duke. But this one was definitely the most feminist forward thinking. You want to know why? Because she chose a guy that wasn't like forcing himself on her. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't like Neither I'm going to really. put my arm around you on the Christmas tree like in the Santa suit when it's like oh wait maybe I do like this. Yeah. It was always like. He was always we... considerate of mm-hmm. her boundaries. Yes. Every time. Like the only time like even when they were in the cabin the only times when he she he could literally like feel her shaking and hear her teeth chattering. And so yeah. he would so he's like, warm okay, her okay, up. Okay. Yeah. But it wasn't in any sort of like sexual or inappropriate way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They never I like that they didn't turn that so, into a So moment. there's that scene when she's younger, like fifteen, sixteen years old, and she goes to Adam's house and uh-huh. he's kind of pressuring her yeah. to get intimate and she leaves and she goes to see Henry. And the contrast of Henry just respecting her boundaries, I found that really nice. Yeah. It was really nice because they ended up, Henry and her ended up having an emotionally intimate moment yeah. that created safety. And yeah. I appreciated that yeah. so much. At least with Adam. Yeah, that was the one moment where, yeah. but he was also a teenage boy. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't like the modern day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah, he kind of pushed with like, I, I, I know I'm not saying I need an answer, but, yeah. but yeah. even then that didn't feel, it didn't feel inappropriately pushing. Yeah. Um. So I do appreciate that. It's like, okay, at 16, yeah, you're probably not going to know how to. Appropriately that, handle yeah. that, yeah. But it was nice. It was nice the contrast of Adam and Henry. I hadn't really thought about that, but you're right. I was wondering if you liked the flashbacks because you hate flashbacks I as a device. I do hate flashbacks. They weren't too many, so I was all right. I was initially irritated that the flashbacks stopped about the same time as the plot kind of tapering off. Yeah. I think it would have been better served if the flashbacks had, like she could have come up with a few more instances and had that really mirror all the way throughout is that's one of my critiques or she could she could cut out about 50 to 75 pages that it really i mean just cr- in general like it, it was not, a very long romance mine novel. was 347 mine pages too. yeah Again, we all the we same, same yeah we have the same copy my goodreads said it was 367 it just it, 250 Probably british version the british version yeah, yeah. oh that makes sense 250 yeah. to 275 would have been, been fine perfect. you think been the fine. british have more words Probably better ones. It's probably printed differently. <laughs> I don't. I don't know, Hanjali. I just. It was just my theory. Okay. All right. Is there anything else Murderbot. you want to talk about in the book? Dark no, shadow no. villain. <laughs> oh. Uh, if we were gonna recommend a Christmas read, I don't know if this is where you are going. I would probably recommend the Santa suit to patrons over this book, unless the person's looking for an unconventional Christmas yeah, yeah, read. Yeah, 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 yeah. Again, it, it, it was set at Christmas, but I, it wasn't as Christmassy. Yeah. The Christmas glow I got from the Santa suit wasn't in this book, but I liked this book better. I don't know how yeah. to explain yeah, that. Yeah, you know, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Okay. That's all I needed to say. Thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> if you do want Christmas read reads or holiday reads, we have a bunch of displays out, so... And they will be out through the end of the year. So even the, the like the last week after Christmas, if you're still feeling it, um, you can definitely. A lot of them are gone, but we actually still have a lot left. Yeah, so yeah. and we keep and getting it. new ones. So yes, like every this once one. in a while. <laughs> so okay, um, put it to, on staff reads. Oh yeah, yeah, we yeah. could do that. Yeah, definitely. all right. Um, to end this episode, I'm going to once again promote Freegal. 
Freegal is a free music service through the library that allows you access to nearly 7 million songs. All you need is your library card, and you can download up to five songs a week to keep and stream up to three hours of music a day. You can even create your own playlists or listen to ones created by the service, including holiday music playlists. So if you're looking for some holiday music, you can access Freegal at gastonlibrary.freegalmusic.com or download the Freegal app in your app store. I'll leave a link in the episode description. For your own Christmas spectacular. Yes. Get your own Christmas spectacular going. You don't even need your family. You just need the music. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's Spend why Christmas she's alone. Angelique, <laughs> the villain. Some you should have never told us that. Because <laughs> it's going to be like 10 years from now. Dark Shadow villain. That's just, it's just, that's just what it's going to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The movie that came out a couple of years ago was terrible. By oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, the Johnny awful. Depp yeah, yeah, Tim Burton. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so that's it for this episode of We're Booked Up. Let It Snow by Beth Moran is available at the library, on the NC Digital Library through the Libby app, and on Hoopla. Let us know what you think of the book and what you think of what we think of the book. Just leave a comment at the Off the Shelf blog at gastonlibrary.blogspot.com or at gastonspeaks.podbean.com. Next month's, next month's book will be The Tobacco Wives. <laughs> I can't speak. I'm <laughs> sorry. Tobacco I'm very sorry. Pie. <laughs> I'm very sorry I cannot speak today. Next month's book will be The Tobacco Wise by Adele Myers. Thank you for listening and happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> sorry. Okay, Thank cut you. it. Cut it off. Like, we're done. We're done. <laughs>